had to go feed the cat. <laughs> so, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the um, Batman Year One movie script by Frank Miller, the unmade Darren Aronofsky Batman movie. Um, so anyway, we left it off where um, the arrival of uh, Batman taking out Estrada, no, asking Sanchez where Estrada is, <clears throat> and uh, Chi-Chi getting killed, which was kind of sad. Um, so, anyway, that's what happened <laughs> so far in the script. Uh, hello. Good luck. Thank you, love. That's alright, love. We just started. I had to... Uh, I had to feed Lola. It took me two minutes to... <laughs> to get pate out of a can... Cat food can. And having an unpatient cat just staring at you like... Get the pate out of the can, motherfucker. <laughs> it's just... Uh... And almost getting killed by the cat being almost knocked over. <laughs> so, anyway, um, a lot of things happened. It, it took me a while to get this episode going because my laptop decided to act like a dipshit and not work. So, um, yeah, I, it's annoying how to get an episode going. You have a laptop that's on the fritz. <laughs> And you have slow internet to start off. So, anyway, uh, let's get to some of the geek news um, and shit. So, <clears throat> before we start into the script, because the script, I, I have a feeling it's going to be good. I, I just, I have a strong feeling that this script is going to be. Oh, Lola's not doing her voodoo rituals. Over the can. So, uh, DC Comics has scheduled for June, including Batman '92 and '93, and Punchline. Just what we need. Another. They're really like trying hard <laughs> to get um, Punchline out there. They're just really trying. <laughs> um. This one's really, really interesting. Um, <laughs> Batman fights the hashtag Me Too and Gotham Knights. Oh, God. Do they have to politicize everything? Just throwing that out there. And the worst part about it is, like, Gotham Knights are wasting... I think Jim Lee's doing your artwork, and it's just like you're wasting talent, like... Jim Lee, like... I'm still waiting for, like, Batman Hush 2. The true sequel to Hush. It's kind of odd, though, because... Um, after reading Hush, I've been getting, like, messages from people, like, can you do the Batman Hush 
Returns or The Heart of Hush. I mean, I might do Heart of Hush because Paul Dini wrote it, and I love Paul Dini's work. I wish he... I, I know he's doing the Batman, the animated series comics. Uh, Batman Adventures Continues, I think. I, I forget what it's called. Um, like, it's digital, but... The weird thing about it is, like, digital books cost the same as regular print books. And for me, I I don't want to buy a... Di I have nothing against digital at all. Like, if you like... If, if that's the only way you get a comic book is through digital, then that's fine. Like, I totally get it. Because, like, when you order something on, it, uh, like, Amazon or eBay, it takes a while. I totally understand it. Like... You immediately want the book in your hand <laughs> and stuff. Like I ordered, um, I ordered on Amazon. Like I ordered um, Batman White Knight, The Curse of White Knight, or something. The Curse of the White Knight, or something. Like I ordered that, and still, like I'm still waiting for the fucking book. <laughs> it's book one. Like I said, like when I bought Curse of the White Knight, I started from three, and I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, so I just decided, like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna buy one and two and just have the complete run of it, just, so I can start from the beginning to the end. Um, I ordered that, and I ordered a new Batman bandana, which I could basically use as a face cover. Because <laughs> I usually, like, anytime I wear a face cover, like, I put it, like, I don't put it in my backpack, because it will contaminate everything. I put it like in a plastic bag and tie it up, you know, and when I get home I will put it in a washer and wash it. So I just I decided like to buy another face cover just you know, for safety reasons, you know. That and I bought my it's kinda weird though, like my for those who don't know, like my parents work in a school district and stuff, and I found out like my mom my dad got a mask. He got one of those, one of those um, N95 masks, and because uh, he was a, he, you know, he was a smoker, so it's just like he doesn't have like you know, that's for the reason. Um, and my mom didn't get one. She instead got a mask made out of a cutout T-shirt, and I was just like, "What the fuck is that?" And she goes, "That's a mask I have to wear." I'm like. It's a t-shirt. You can still see the, the the school logo on it. She goes, well, I have to wear that, you know, when I have to, like, clean up stuff at the school. I'm like, well, that's, that's dumb. That mask is not going to protect you. So I had to, like, buy her a mask uh, that has a, um, you know, that has a breathing thing in it. Like, you know, it's a filter, air filter thing where she could breathe and, you know. So I had to buy her a mask just for safety reasons. It has a filter in it, so I was just like, this is fucking stupid. So I had to buy, I bought her a mask that has an air filter in it so she can, you know, not get sick and all that instead of wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> like, so, like, for me, that's, that's the one thing of it. Um, it's kind of crazy, though. Like, my sister, my... My second oldest sister, like, um, well, my oldest sister, who is a fan of Deadpool, who I mentioned before, who's the one who shot the owl, um, 
she didn't shoot it. She shot at it, <laughs> I should say. Uh, got like had a life scare because her she works at a nursing home, and the place that she works for found out there was a person tested positive for COVID nineteen, and it scared the shit out of her. And I remember she called me. She's like, "You don't fucking believe this." I'm like, "What?" She goes, someone tested positive for COVID. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you alright? I know it's a stupid question, but... And she goes, no. I'm fucking scared. I'm like, well, go home. She goes, I am. I was like, well, don't go inside. You know, you have your grandkids in there. She goes, I'm not. Instead, my brother-in-law is waiting outside with a hose. (laughs) And soap. Because he doesn't want her in the house. (laughs) Which, I felt bad for her. Like, luckily they have a camper. And... (laughs) And, like, my my brother-in-law, God bless him, uh, he's one of the... He's... When me and him met, like, me and him did not get along. Because me and him, like, we were both kind of jerks to each other. (laughs) But we sort of, like, meant... We sort of, like, got along. We both kind of seen the same page of things and, and stuff. And... Like now we're we're close. I mean, you know, we we talk to each other and you know and stuff. And I send him a message like, you know, like you guys need anything, just let me know. And uh, like um, today, you know, um, I'm not gonna drop it off today. Like they're asleep still. Like there there are people that don't get up early in the morning. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, you know. I don't have, you know, we don't have hamburger and stuff. I was like, oh, I got extra, man. I'll just drop it off your front door. I'm just like, I'm going to wear a mask and gloves, so don't shoot at me. <laughs> I'm just going to drop it off your front door, send a text message, and leave. <laughs> like, because I was, I was look out for them, because they both, they, like, they live in a, the ghetto, basically. Um, I mean, not the ghetto that you think of, like, in National Lampoon's Vacation, where, you ask someone for directions, they tell you, well, fuck your mama. And <laughs> this, if you've never seen National Lampoon's Vacation, you never got that scene. It is pretty fucking funny. Like, a lot of people... It's kind of funny, though. Like, a lot of people in St. Louis got offended by it. I lived there, I'm like... They're like that in real life. <laughs> you ask for directions, they tell you, well, fuck yourself. And they move on. They're like the people in the beginning of the 89 Batman. They will ignore the shit out of you if you ask for directions. <laughs> Some of them will point you in a bad area where you will get shot at. So, the, my, the definition I'm meaning is they live in basically... If you ever watched South Park, if you ever seen Kenny McCormick's Neighborhood... That is basically what it's like there for them. And they're looking for new places to move because they got tired of hearing about a dude, hearing their neighbor who is, you know, beating his wife. And my sister's like, you know what? I fucking had it with this place. And that's what happened. So, I mean, that's the crazy shit that happens, you know, for them. And the trash company just finally arrived. Anyway, yeah, I mean, my sister's good, um, if you're wondering. Uh, she, uh, is finally, like, she, she had to sleep in a camper. 
she didn't like it. <laughs> you really can't blame her. Um, and now she's finally back inside her house. Like, she had to go to the doctor, get tested. She got negative. Um, and she's like, I'm looking for a new place to work. Fuck this place. <laughs> like, and now she's back inside her house, which is a great thing to hear. Because I I will say this, like a lot of the craziest shit that happens, I think, during this whole pandemic is people mostly scared of not trusting their own immune system, I think is what it is. Like I I think, you know, for me, like I take vitamins, I take you know, I had to take medication for anxiety, blood pressure. I take my vitamins, my vitamins for heart health, um immune system you know, calcium and stuff. And I think a lot of people are just scared, like they don't trust their own immune system and I I will say this, like, it fucking sucks to get the flu from experience. I know, like I will say this, like it the flu, um when I got it, it was just like fucking horrible. Like I you know, like like it took me to recover but it took me a while to recover again because, like, it hit me, like, right in the chest area where um, my lungs hurt to breathe at times, at the time. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm great. You know, I'm doing good. I had to take a clear pill, which, <laughs> which I had to ask, like, what is that for? They're like, it's a lung pill to clean out your lungs. I'm like, well, shit. Well, so, um, you know, it's just, it's, that's what it is. Like, I, you know, I, I think of I always thought it was like the like a stronger case of the flu than than anything. Um, but you know, like it, I think a lot of people are just like scared of the corona thing, and I I got like into a debate again with my with my uncle, the man who bragged about getting an El Camino, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we'll get to the script. I, I just want to kind of like talk about this one. It, we got into a debate over the coronavirus, like the areas that impact, and and I said to him, like, you know, the areas that got impacted, like New York, L.A., California, basically the entire state of California is that they are very unclean areas. Like, you look at New York. Like, I, I, I like New York. Anytime I think of New York, I think of two things. I think of Spider-Man. I think of Gotham. And Gotham sure as hell showed what New York really looks like. <laughs> Just my opinion, like it's a very dirty place, um, and it's the problem with it. I think I think the reason of it is, I mean, hell, St. Louis got hit, and I will say this as an ex expert of St. Louis, being in St. Louis, they are a very dirty city. St. Louis is a very dirty city. Like they don't clean. I mean, they clean around the areas that, that uh, attract tourists, like Bush Stadium, the Arch. Um, 
areas like that. But they don't really clean. And they have like buildings that have been empty and abandoned for two decades. <clears throat> and it's like either sell that building or tear that shit down or find a property owner and be like, fix it or it's bull being bulldozed to the ground. One of the two. And like they don't clean their city. And I know there's going to be some people who are like, well, you know, I live in St. Louis. It's a very clean place. It's like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's a very clean. Like I've been to Bush Stadium. And I've been to the Dome. That shit ain't clean. <laughs> I mean, it probably is now because Kroenke is in charge of it, but... It was never... It's like, the whole area is never clean. It's very congested place. And you got people on top of each other. You know, you have people walking past each other. You got, you got shit going in the air that you don't even know what's in it. <laughs> And the point I'm making is, a lot of places aren't clean. I mean, hell, California, San Francisco, Pelosi turf, there's people shitting on the sidewalk. There's needles from people doing drugs. There are people sleeping on the sidewalk. There are trash not being picked up. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, shit, they got the plague. And nobody got the plague since the medieval times. <clears throat> so there's going to be you know filth and stuff and, and the point I'm making is you have to be responsible and clean it you gotta wash your hands you gotta take a shower you gotta get the germs off you you basically have to like you have to take responsibilities for shit that you do that's you physically and you everything around you <laughs> You have to take responsibility. And you have to clean up. I mean... My God. People like... You know how stupid it is where you have to tell people... You wash your hands. I don't think I should tell you... Because I'm not your fucking mother. <laughs> so... Wash your hands. Clean up. Take a shower, you filthy animal. <laughs> Like, I, I know some people are gonna find that offensive saying that, but it's just it's a joke. It's you know I'm trying to crack humor in a serious topic, but I mean my God, like I felt bad for my sister. She had to get sprayed with a hose. <laughs> it's just like for example, like I was talking, like I was talking to my sister. um and stuff like I always check on them. Like I always talk to her, talk to my sisters. Like my one sister is pregnant, and I always like send a message and stuff. Like what's up? And she goes, I need nacho cheese. I'm like, what the, what? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> she goes, you got any? I was like, I, let me check. Yeah, I bought a big ass case of nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of cracked me up because you know she's you know pregnant and stuff. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, my my great uh, my uh, my one niece, my oldest niece, is pregnant as well, and I was like, I message them. Like, there's one thing I discovered about my nieces, my oldest nieces, is that they like. I, I part of me believed that they read the book Zodiac, and for those who don't know, like I've read the book Zodiac by Robert Graysmith, like four times when I was a teenager because I was like obsessed with trying to figure out the Zodiac you know codes and who the killer was and all that like anytime I message my my oldest nieces it's like them when they send a message back it's like deciphering a code I don't know what the fuck it is with that but it annoys me like for example, I took my this is a while back. Uh, I took my my oldest niece and her son to the doctor, and at the time I got paid and I had to go like, hey, you know, I you know, are you in there? Are you in the waiting room and stuff? I got to go pay a bill real quick. Yeah, we are in room. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, I was like, are you in the waiting room or in the room waiting? You know, your the doctor's room and stuff. What, what room are you in? <laughs> Waiting room happens to be doctor room. What? <laughs> like, it's stuff like... <clears throat> and, like, um, and, and one time I messaged my second oldest niece. I was like, I was like, all right, where are you guys at? Uh, we are here in... Air, we are here outside. I was like, like it, it takes me a while to like try to like decipher a code. I was just like, one time I said to them, like, okay, here's the thing: when you send a text message to me, do not send me a text message where I have to be Indiana Jones and decipher whatever you're saying. Either yes or no, not yaw. Or stuff like you're not German. Don't send me ya. And don't be Drago from fucking Rocky. <laughs> Only Dolph Lundgren could talk like that. Like <laughs> he was in a. I found out like he was in the uh, fucking Aquaman movie. Like I didn't even know that. Like Dolph Lundgren's an Aquaman. Like. Like if it was the '80s, he would have played Aquaman. Like, like if you ever watch Rocky, like he has like the blonde hair, flat top haircut type thing. And he looks like Aquaman from from the uh, Super Friends. Like, like, like it, it, I I would say this. Like, if it if you ever look at him, like if you ever look at Dolph Lundgren, it's like that dude could play. Aquaman, like he could, like if you ever do like The Dark Knight Returns or something, and you include Aquaman in it, Dolph Lundgren should play Aquaman. I mean, if the dude could punch Sylvester Stallone by sending him to <laughs> the emergency room where they're like, "You got hit by a truck," and Stallone's like, "No, I got punched." By Dolph Lundgren. That dude should play Aquaman. Anytime someone says, Aquaman's a joke. You send a Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> like, 
like I, I'm just being honest with you and stuff. Like I, I know he was in Creed too. Like, um, you know, where he reprised his role as Ivan Drago and stuff. Like, it was really cool. And uh, he was in Aquaman as uh, King. I forget. I think Aquaman's dad. I think it was. Or no wait. No, it wasn't Aquaman's dad. Uh, he played. <clears throat> he played. Um, uh shit. He. I think he was like the dad of. Um, I forget what it was. he was like. Uh, he was like the king and stuff, and. Um, His, the father of Mira, that's what it was, I forget. Like he he was really cool in Aquaman. When I saw that I was like, That's Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and of course William Defoe who's in it. Um I'll say this, William Defoe should play Joker. Like it's kinda of funny though, 'cause like I seen the movie uh Lighthouse, which is out on uh D V D and digital and stuff, and it's really a good movie. Like I I would say this, like Robert Pattinson seeing him in that movie he is gonna kill it as Batman like he is gonna knock it out of the fucking park and stuff and part of me wishes like seeing him and um William Defoe go at it in the screen like see these two guys who had like live on the light <laughs> live, live on this rock island you know taking care of the lighthouse and stuff like part of me wishes like man I wish William Defoe can be in Batman. Like, I don't care what role, but, <laughs> you know, like, part of me just wishes he was in Batman. Just somehow shows up and just, you know, you're like, <laughs> William Defoe and stuff. Like, I'd be honest with you, I wish he would have played James Gordon. Like, I'd be honest with you, like, William Defoe is like, you know, he was awesome in Spider-Man and stuff. Where that was the thing about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, where you sort you ha- you end up having sympathy for the villains and stuff. Um, and you know, you you have sympathy for Norman Osborn, even though he's an asshole in the movie. But you know. And a lot of people, of course, you know, he was kind of a jerk to his son, but I'm just like, if you've seen James Franco, you really can't blame him. (laughs) And stuff. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, I hated Harry Osborn in the fucking Spider-Man films. Like, I... He was such a douche. Like, you watch and you're like, you just, you can't help but hate Harry Osborn. And stuff, but... But when you watch, like, the... You know, Spider-Man films, you have to have sympathy for the villains because they make the choices they didn't want to make. You know, like, Norman was forced into being the Green Goblin because his back was against the wall with military contracts and people not trusting his leadership with Oscorp. And when you see Doc Ock, he was, you know, passionate about his work and wanting to show everybody how great he is. He becomes Doc Ock and Sandman. I'll be honest with you, the third film had too many villains in it. Too many. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think that's what scares a lot of people. Anytime you include too many villains in, like, for example, like they're gonna have Batman, you're gonna have, you know, Penguin, Riddler, and stuff, and Catwoman, who is kind of I wouldn't say a villain, but anti-hero, anti-hero. And a lot of people are always scared that there's too many characters in one film. But, you know, if you take a while to write the script and balance out things, it'll be great, you know. But Spider-Man 3 was just like, I don't understand why they had to have Venom in it. (laughs) I really don't. Like, I don't understand the Venom inclusion. I'll be honest with you on that one. Um, And stuff. And... You know, like, hearing about what the fourth film is going to be about, you're just kind of relieved that they didn't do it. (laughs) And stuff, so... Anyway, let's get to, um... The Batman. Year one. Last we saw, Batman throws Sanchez to the floor. Smash cut. Exterior. Dark streets. Night. A black Linton, a black uh, black Linton Continental drives through the black barren streets of Gotham at a neck breaks uh, breakneck speed. It wasn't an ordinary Lincoln Continental. It's the Batmobile. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hold on, I. I never seen what a hold on. Let me look at what a Lincoln Continental would look like. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what. Somehow in my mind, I think of a black Lincoln Continental, but it turns out to be a Buick Lesabre. So, It's a luxury car. <laughs> I mean, does it? It doesn't even have a year of what a Lincoln Continental are they talking about? Um, is it like the? Is it a 1940s Lincoln Continental? 1950s? 60s? Well, I mean, it can be a you know, it can be a '61 Lincoln Continental as a convertible. Is it a '70s? I mean, if it's a '70s, I could totally fucking see it. Um, I mean, the '70s one's kind of a badass looking one. Um, it can't be an '80s because <laughs> an '80s 1991 or '88 or '91 Lincoln Continental. Yeah, I don't see it. So. My assumption is it's got to be, can't be an 82. My assumption is it's got to be like a 78, 79 Lincoln Continental Town Coupe or a 1980s Lincoln Continental Coupe. So that's going to be my assumption. It's got to be like 78. Or an 80s version. Can't be the ones afterwards because those are like luxury. Those are like luxury. (laughs) Luxury type vehicle. Um, I mean, that's going to be my assumption of it. Like, I can't 
really can't really say what kind it is, but <coughs> so its windows are tinted with occupied uh sorry occupied um heavy steel bumper modifies have been welded to the chassis. The hood has a chopped has been chopped back to make room for a supercharged school bus engine that powers it. Damn. That's be pretty badass looking. And it drives without headlights. Like a car possessed. Reckless and demonic. Like Christine. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm adding that part in because anytime I hear a car that says um, possess, reckless, and demonic, I think of the movie Christine. If you've never seen the movie Christine, it's uh, <clears throat> Stephen King written story. I assume I assume Stephen King was on cocaine when he wrote that. By the way, I did watch it. Um, someone asked me on Discord if I watched the Herb Abrams UWF on uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Yes, I did. Oh my god, that was a good one, man. Like um, Herb Abrams doing a shit ton of cocaine and hookers and all that. Like, oh my god, like I I watched it. And I, I watched it twice, and my jaw was still dropped, going like, like, this motherfucker did cocaine, a bunch of hookers, <laughs> and ran a wrestling promotion. Like, what a life. <laughs> like, I, I, I sat there, I was just like, I, I just sat there, I'm like, how in the hell did this dude do all that? Like... A dude is like five foot six or something. Like he's a small little dude, and like, he did a bunch of like cocaine and stuff. And I, I, the ending, I, I laughed at, <laughs> where his friend says like, "Well, Herb went out the way he loved doing things: cocaine and hookers." <laughs> I just, I was just like. <laughs> Like I, I, like I, I, I just I couldn't believe it. Like I, I just couldn't believe it. My my jaw dropped. And I was just like, when are they making a movie of this? <laughs> like if they're gonna make a biopic about UWF and her baby shit, get Jonah Hill to do it. Get Martin Sorsese involved as a producer. Get Todd Phillips to direct it. The guy who directed Joker. Like, it'd be a good movie. <laughs> like, get Joaquin Phoenix to play Mick Foley. Now you got a movie. Because <laughs> like, Mick Foley was in it. Like, Mick Foley... Like, I will say this. Like, if, if you... Like, the, the merchandising cracked me up. The merchandising just cracked me up. It, like... It had, like, if you were a person who lived in the late 80s, early 90s, and you love those bright-ass colored neon shirts and shit, you would definitely be in hog heaven. Because those shirts, my God, 
They were loud. <laughs> 90s standards, they were loud. Like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, like, there were some cool shirts back in the 90s that they had, like, especially Batman stuff, where I was just like, shit, that, that was so awesome. But, my God, like, those are just bright-ass colors, like, bright yellow and shit, green, and all that, like, it was just bright. <laughs> and, uh, they were trying to compete with WWE, WWF, and WWF had the ice cream bars, like, they, I don't know why, but, you know, um, if there's one thing that should bring back is the Batman ice cream again. Um, since the pandemic, they apparently the place that makes them kind of shut down and stuff. Bring me back to Batman ice cream, okay? I couldn't survive this pandemic without it. <laughs> the Dark Knight, dark chocolate with bat symbol fudge bits in it, man. You you bring that back. I need my Batman ice cream. <laughs> Make Catwoman ice cream. I need it. You know, you know, I need the perfect ice cream. The Catwoman perfect, you know, mint chocolate ice cream. That'd be delicious. You know, by the way, I love mint chocolate ice cream. So that, that'd be perfect. Like if they brought back the Catwoman perfect mint chocolate ice cream. Oh my God, I'd be in heaven. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, I love those Batman. I think they will. I think they're going to bring it back because, like, they sold a lot. I mean, they sold so many that they made, like, Superman, Wonder Woman. Superman was shit, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the Joker, Harley Quinn. Like, those were great. Like, th- I mean, they were just great. They were phenomenal. They need to bring those back. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to buy Sour Patch ice cream. Ice cream is supposed to be enjoyable. Not having sour ice cream where you're just like, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, for me, that's what they need to do. Like, they need to bring back. They need to make those, you know, get back to work, make those. Nobody's buying Toy Story ice cream, all right? So, I mean, I know the ice cream dude, like, sells, like, Batman ice cream. It's like, it's hard to stop that dude because once he's, like, done in the neighborhood, he's like, I got to get the fuck out of this place. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, WWEF made the ice cream bars. A lot of people loved them. Herb Abrams and the UWF made oatmeal cookies. <laughs> Buy your Steve Wild Thing cookie. <laughs> Steve Wild Thing Ray cookie. <laughs> and finally, the Herbie cookie. <laughs> Mick Foley had the perfect reaction saying this. He goes, let me say that again. The Herbie cookie. (laughs) He starts laughing. Mick Foley, I was so happy to see him in this, you know, this this documentary talking about it. Because Mick Foley is like one of my favorite people. I never met Mick Foley. But he's one of my favorites. Because that dude went through a lot. And did a lot. And I was so happy to see him in this documentary. Like, he 
talked about it. He gave his account of what... And it sounded like Herb Abrams was a really nice guy. He just had a lot of problems. And he took a lot of, you know, brunt of the the UWF. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of people you know, cared about him, but I think at the same time they just didn't know how to deal with somebody who is doing a lot of cocaine. I mean, a big fucking bag of cocaine. And and with a lot of hookers. I wouldn't say hooker. Yeah, hookers, basically. So, I mean, it was, it was a really good documentary. Um, I can't wait for the next one they're doing. Um, the next one they're doing is like one based on they're doing a documentary on my favorite tag team in wrestling, the Road Warriors. I cannot wait. The Legion of Doom, LOD, Hawk and Animal. What a rush! I cannot wait for that one. That, that it, it's one of my favorite tag teams, and I'm so excited about they're doing an episode about them. Like, oh my god, like, I cannot fucking wait. It's going to be awesome, because these guys, man, they were, like, the toughest tag team where they would beat the shit out of people. Like, they would stiff a person when they hit them. Like, they were, like, fucking tough. And I cannot wait. It's, uh, it's going to, I, I, it's going to be, I know it's going to be a good documentary, but at the same time, it's going to be sad because Hawk died and, you know, you're going to hear Animal talk about it. Um, I hope their manager, um, is going to talk about it as well. You know, it's going to, it's going to be a great, you know, documentary and stuff. Uh, And stuff. I mean, like, Hawk and Animal were so awesome. Like, they had the cool face paint. You know, they... And it's also really cool because, like, um, you know, Animal's son, um, Animal's son played for the Rams, the St. Louis Rams. James Laurinaitis, who was a really great football player. Like, he was, like, you know the best linebacker and for the Rams and stuff, and it's sad that he retired very early and stuff. And he played for the Rams for like from 2009 to 15. Then he went to the New Orleans Saints and stuff. And he, of course, retired I think due to concussions and stuff. Like so, he just was like, "I'm done." <laughs> like, and he played like eight years for football and stuff and it was really cool watching him play and I think he one time wore the Road Warrior animal face paint for like one game (laughs) and I always called him like the Road Warrior Ram (laughs) because he was he was a tough dude like so um you know it's it's really cool I can't I hope Paul Ellering is going to be in the documentary because Paul Ellering, you know, I I never heard him talk and stuff. 
he was always silent and very quiet and I I hope he you know he's involved in a documentary I know he was part of I know he's, I think he's still part of WWE I think I don't know so anyway um next Tuesday is going to be the Road Warriors I can't wait for that one it's going to be fun then they're going to do Owen Hart which I don't know if I can sit through that one very sad and tragic what happened to him so anyway let's get back to the Batman I know somebody was asking me about the Dark Side of the Ring great show by the way highly recommend it it's probably the only show I still watch <laughs> I don't I don't really watch a lot of TV so it's like the one show that I watch there's nothing else on <laughs> and I know there's going to be like a lot of people like well it's I will say this I I, I mean this like it's the only show I watch I never watched The Flash Arrow um, Supergirl Batwoman Legends of Tomorrow any of those things it's just I, that's like the one show I could sit there and watch because there's no bullshit with Dark Side of the Ring it's just like there's your story <laughs> you know so anyway um Let's get to the Batman. Uh, supercharged school bus engine. Oh, sorry, right here. Interior, six-story warehouse near Gotham Docks. Dock, sorry, Gotham Dock. Moments later. Armed guards playing cards on, at a table. At the service entrance, a guy draws back the peephole. And reinforced steel door just as clang. <clears throat> the doors fly off of it, its hinges, and skids sparks sparking across the parking lot. On the chain behind the Batmobile. The guards rush outside, guns at ready. The Lincoln Continental does a skidding. 180 degree, 180, sorry, skidding, 180, dragging the heavy doors. The Batman accelerates and stomps the brakes. The heavy steel doors fly past him, smashing into the guards. Meanwhile, attracted by the noise, more armed men rush at the staircase. Enter the Batman. The Batman. Two options. Tonight, you men can go to prison or go to prison hospital. The choice is yours. I like that, by the way. <laughs> Makes me think of the uh, Boondock Saints. <laughs> the choice is yours. <laughs> the first... <laughs> It just makes me think of the Boondock Saints cartoon somehow. We could do this the easy way or the hard way. The choice is yours. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why it just made me think of that now. Like I, <laughs> I know my cousin used to watch that cartoon a lot. The first goon recover to recover levels a shotgun. The Batman throws a vicious kick into the guy's crotch before he can fire. Batman. That's the one I hoped for you picked. Batman leaps into the fry leaps into the fray. 
taloned claws sink into the one man's shoulder as he screams as he's thrown through a window. Another thug swings a bat. Batman kicks him into the chest, grabs the bat in midair and flings it, crunch, into another gunner's face across the room. A guy gets dropped. Gets the drop on Batman with the machine gun. Batman voiceover. There are seven working defenses from this position. Three of them disarm with minimal contact. Three of them kill. The other just hurts. Crack. He throws a sidekick into the guy's hip. He's young, father. He'll probably walk again. But he'll be scared. That one's out of Dark Knight Returns. Alright, that 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 moment is from Dark Knight Returns where <clears throat> Batman you know takes down a thug and the cops going, You just crippled him. Batman's like, He's young, he'll walk again. But he'll be scared. Won't he? Like he like that was just that was just out of Dark Knight Returns, which I kind of like that reference. I like Miller sort of like, yeah, reusing something. <clears throat> um, let's see. Batman puts a foot between another another shoulder blade and crack, jerks both wrists until they cross. Batman voiceover. Fear clouds their judgment. Makes them stiff and clumsy. Guys keep pouring down the stairs. Batman throws over throws one over the rail. Another goes through a window. Man, he's just throwing people all over the fucking place. <laughs> like, what do you imagine, like, being a GCPD officer? Yes, we need an ambulance. Um, yep, pretty much all over the place. A lot of them out the window. <laughs> Like, it, I, I I dig this. I I dig this Batman. This Batman's violent. Crazy. Throwing people out the windows everywhere. I mean, think about that. I mean, unless he shoots someone through the window, then this one w- wins, wins me over. Like, you know. I mean, I, I, I've seen people get shot through a window from, you know, bullets hitting them in the ass and they fly up in the air and into the window. <laughs> Legendary. Legendary ass shooting. <laughs> like, that was just, you know, that was a, that was funny. I, I never laughed so hard. <laughs> Seeing somebody get shot through the window into the building... Then crawls trying to escape. Bam, bam, and they're done. <laughs> oh, shit. That was... That was legendary. Best kill of a video game ever, in my opinion. <clears throat> Batman voiceover. They are like rag dolls to me. To be thrown aside and forgotten... A third gets crushed underfoot as Batman continues climbing, floor by floor, to the top. 
It's through. It's a tough fight. He sweated through his clothes, lost his cape, but the action only makes him stronger. A glow of excitement shines off of him. Batman voiceover. There is only one man I'm looking for tonight. He's the general. And now, before him, Estrada tries to muster some composure. He runs out of men to fight for him. And stands around by half-starved Asian women with hate in their eyes. Batman. Ah, Estrada, at last we meet face to face, such as it is. You're coming with me. I have a lot of questions for you. Estrada is backing to the wall in pure fear. The Batman gloved his hands covered his eyes. Everything goes dark. Exterior six-story warehouse near Gotham docks later. <clears throat> Close-up of a syringe. The tip makes a, makes a dimple in Estrada's neck. Batman. This is hydro steric sulfate. I think that's how I pronounce it, unless I butchered the shit out of it. Who cares? <laughs> you can think of it as a cross between truth serum and the worst acid trip of your life. Makes the stuff they had a wood. They make make the stuff they had a Woodstock feel like aspirin. Okay, Batman just drugged a dude. I'm just I'm just saying Batman presses the sen- uh, sinister syringe into Estrada's carotid artery there's an immediate char- immediate change in Estrada's attitude six story warehouse morning and obviously drugged Estrada Duct tape to the sixth floor flagpole. Rants outside. Rants loudly. A few cops stand around looking up at the spectacle. A crowd gathered. Estrada yells to anyone who will listen. Estrada. We get the girls from overseas. They work for us. Loeb takes money. He runs the show. Trains run on time. Keep the show on the road. Police say, you do your job, we do your job. No, wait, wait. I do my job, you pay me. Something like that. Estrada continues. We go to parties sometimes. I have a nice car. Corrupt cop to junior cop. Cut him down before someone hears him. The cop cuts him down. We cut to interior, Gotham Justice Building, booking desk, morning. Gordon rages at desk, Sergeant. The man is a known felon. He's on the most wanted list. We have numerous witnesses. We 
numerous witnesses who heard him confessing to serious racketeering corruption operations. You can't just let him go. Desk sergeant. He walks. I got my orders. Gordon kicks the desk hard. Damn it. Dent pulls Gordon off. Dent. Jesus, Jim. Calm down. What do you expect? This man... What do you expect? The man who was assaulted, drugged, kidnapped. Nothing, he says, is admissionable in court. No sane person will prosecute. Gordon. Bull. It was Loeb who sprung him to cover his own butt. Uh, Gordon, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, sprung him to cover his butt. Gordon stomps off in a rage. Exterior, Gotham Justice Building. Batman sits in his Lincoln Continental across the street from the police station. In the morning light, it looks more like a souped-up limo than a demon car. Almost. <laughs> I like how they capitalize almost. <laughs> the uh, so yeah, yep. The Batman is totally messed up. His clothing hangs in tatters. Blood puddles in the floor well of the car. He listens to the tapes of Estrada's confession on tape. Estrada, voiceover. Sorry, on tape. Loeb runs the whole thing. Uses cops as bagmen to collect, distribute the money. He's into everything numbers, drugs, girls, guns, you name it. He gets a cut. Hey, hey, you don't look like my mother. <laughs> Click. <clears throat> Batman turns off the machine. Looks out the tinted windows. Gordon storms out of the precinct house. A day's rumpled looking Estrada, newly released, and Flass, his releaser, shares a smile at Gordon's obvious fury. The Batman voiceover. The enemy is everywhere, even here. Those so called policemen nurture the cancer. They bred it in men like Estrada. Turn it loose on the streets. <clears throat> Looks like Estrada is the only other soldier. The real general lives in there. <clears throat> Damn. This, I mean, Miller's idea of Batman is like a crazy... crazy sane person and at times and when you listen to Miller talk about Batman he has like a lot of good intentions of it but at the same time you you kind of wonder like what is he thinking So, anyway, <clears throat> the Batman looks up at the Gotham Justice Building, saying out loud, It's your turn, love. I'm coming after you. <laughs> I love that line. Because <clears throat> anytime I read it, I sort of think of Hulk Hogan. 
what you gonna do, brother? <laughs> so, I'm coming after you. Hulkamania. <laughs> With painful effort, Batman puts the car in gear. So I must climb higher. Still, your loving son, Bruce. The Lincoln drives off. Exterior, east end sidewalk morning. Little Al. Dun, dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> Hold on, I need music to play. Little Al's entrance. Anytime I think of Little Al, I think of a certain show. There we go. <laughs> Any day now. So. Little Al walks down some crappy sidewalk before, as before with his coffee and cup of coffee and donuts. <laughs> Exterior, the junkyard behind Little Al's garage. Little Al enters a transformed junkyard with piles of junk been moved, rearranged. Little Al, Bruce. All around, Little Al sees evidence, target practice, strange devices, small explosives. There's a Lincoln Continental with blood pooled seat. Blood pooled on the seat. He follows the blood droplets. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I was playing Sanford and Son theme song while reading this. Uh, he follows the blood droplets on the wooden stairs that led to Bruce's apartment. The door hangs slightly ajar. Little Al pushes it open and enters. Interior. The Batman's lair. Morning. Bruce's apartment has been transformed into a crime-fighting comrade center. Command center, sorry, command center. There's a huge flow chart describing Gotham's crime organization. People's names, ranks, jobs, police involvement. Pictures of Loeb and Estrada hang from the door with a duct tape. Duct tape. <laughs> really couldn't get any... Um, Thumbtacks to put in the uh, duct tape. God, Bruce is cheap. <laughs> Crime fighting gear lays piled on the table. And is that Chi Chi's paper department store bag of money? He stole people's money. You know, I. I'll be honest with you. Bruce dealing with that shit. Don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. You 
In a series of metal locks, lockers, we can see the progression of Bruce's suits. Belts, weapons, disguises, small, some broken, some, some broken, many cra- uh, caked with, sorry, some broken, many caked with blood. Little Al finds the Batman lying unconscious on the floor. He lost a lot of blood. I like how Miller just put that in there. He lost a lot of blood. That's why he's in uh, yeah. Interior, Batman's lair. Hours later, Bruce comes around in his bed. His eyes flutter, then snap open. He's confused. Momentarily confused. <laughs> Little Al sits nearby drinking his coffee. Bruce, you didn't call the police. Little Al, nope. I don't know why, but if, if with my dream cast of this movie, I mean, you got Joaquin Phoenix playing Batman. Little Al, I would want to see Red Fox play Little Al. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I imagine Red Fox playing Little Al. I don't know why. I just, I, I, it just somehow in my mind, I think like Red Fox would play Little Al. I mean, like you know, one, you know, Little Al's, uh, Al's, you know, junkyard and garage. I mean, Sanford and Son. You know, they had junkyard. I mean, they, I mean, they had junk. So <laughs> it would just be kind of like perfect opportunity. <laughs> May you rest in peace. Um, Bruce looks at the bandages. Not a bad job at all. He tries to sit up. It's too painful. Little Owl. Oh, shit. He has a ton of lines. <laughs> Little Owl, settle down, boy. Let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of people get cut all to pieces in the jungle. And after i seen more come home all cut up inside cut up on the inside now they trained me to heal a man on the outside with badges and with bandages and thread but there ain't nothing anyone can do for the wounds on the inside you just stay the hell out of the way and hope they sort it out for themselves. I've been wondering, I've been wondering when you were going to go off, but this, this is something else. Beat. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know, it's lucky thing we're on the same, we're the same blood type. Little Al holds his, holds up, holds up his arm. He got a transfusion hose going from it into Bruce. If we weren't, I'd had to had I would had to had uh, sorry I'd had to take you to the hospital, and they would throw your ass into Arkham Asylum. Shit, I kind of dig this version of. You know, it does make me wonder. Like Bruce gets like stabbed and shot, and he loses some blood. 
I, it makes you wonder if like Alfred ever did that, like blood transfusion from you know. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like it, I don't know why. It just kind of makes me wonder now. Interior. Arkham Asylum. Afternoon. Gordon follows an ordinary, orderly, through the large, time-worn Victorian building. A strange sound emanate from the doors, lining the halls, whimpering, giggling, sobbing. A pair of ordinary orderlies pass a wheeling, a young, very pale man in a straitjacket. He has greenish hair. Orderly number one. Laughing. You're joking. Oh, shit. You know who that is? That is reference? Let me reread that. A young, very pale man in a straitjacket with... And he has greenish hair. Can't know who that is. Gordon watches them go by before knocking on the door of an office door uh, marked Dr. Patricia Holcomb. Or, yeah, basically she's the doctor of the Arkham Asylum. Patricia Holcomb's office afternoon. Patricia Holcomb is a handsome woman reaching early middle age with all the dignity that can be expected of someone who spends their lives surrounded by the criminally insane. Gordon. Thank you for seeing me, doctor. I'll try to make... Oh, sorry, I'll try to not take up much of your time, the doctor. Not at all, detective. I've been following your vigilante case with some interest. An intriguing mind. I look forward to hosting it. If that's possible, Gordon, you say that as a, you say that as if you think we're going to catch him, the doctor. I'm not sure you can, not alive anyway. I read your files sent over. They describe a man who inhabits a delusional world of great danger and violence. Gordon, danger and violence sounds about right for the East End. The doctor. Ah, but this mine inhabits a world more horrible than the East End, a world so threatening and dangerous that it had to create a new persona, a new identity to cope. Gordon, this guy becomes a demon in order to fight his demons. The doctor, exactly. Now, normally this kind of delusion represents the terminal stage of a suicidal psychosis. Gordon, he's trying to kill himself? The doctor, yes and no. Something is keeping it going. A quest or a mission of some sort. Much like a crusader at the ancient Europe who were capable of of great feats of great feats by its virtue of their belief or faith. Gordon, 
You mean flying x-ray vision? <laughs> really? Another Superman reference? Doctor, nothing like that, I assure you. More like mothers lifting cars off of children during emergencies, or even monks and yogis who faith allowed them to do incredible things with their bodies. Gordon, so how do I catch him before his faith does more great feats for to the citizens of Gotham? The doctor, I'm afraid that's your problem, detective. My job is knowing what makes them think, what makes them thick. I'm pretty sure it says think. Not what makes them run. I will tell you, this is tough. I'll tell you this, though. Sorry, I'll tell you this, though. That mind is starting to enjoy its work. It's capable of anything. Gord, come on, doctor. What do I do, DQ? How am I going to stop him before he kills somebody? <clears throat> the doctor, I suppose you strike at its weakness. What is this great delusion protecting? It didn't just come into being overnight. It's starting long ago with a young boy being tremble, uh, being terribly, terribly hurt. Gordon, huh? Interesting. Thank you, Doctor. Gordon stands up and goes. Arkham Asylum parking lot. Moments later. Gordon is lost in thought, digging for his keys, when he's startled by Jeanette Selling. Who the hell is Jeanette Selling? Jeanette Selling. Detective Gordon. Detective Gordon. Wait up a second. Jeanette Selling. Oh, Jeanette Selling. Channel 1 News. Can I have a word? Gordon. Sorry, I'm in a rush. Jeanette Selling. It'll only take a second. I want to ask you about the allegations of corruption in the precinct. I'm, uh, I'm hoping you'll corroborate on the rumors I've been hearing. Gordon. I really am in a hurry. Jeanette Selling. A hurry. Chase a... Chase a mental case? Does it anger you that you're... Does it anger you that you've... Been put in the... Uh, sorry. You've been put out for pasture? While... Though the department corruption is still running rampant, Gordon spins around furious, catches him... And smiles. She got him. Gordon. Okay, what do you want to know? Selling smiles. Takes out a notepad. Exterior. Gotham Justice Building. Night. Alright, we'll do this part and then we'll wrap up the podcast and, you know, stuff. The Batman climbs up a black iron drain spout in the rain. It's dirty, slippery dangerous work. Stitch just woke up from his nap. Gotham City spreads out glittering 
twinkling far below. Interior Gotham Justice Building. Loeb's office. Night. And Stitch is barking because he woke up. <laughs> Loeb sits in a red leather club chair drinking a brandy as Mayor Noon paces the room. Mayor Noon. you seen Channel 1 News? They just ran a big police corruption story. Someone's talking. It's that damn Gordon. I'm telling you. Loeb. We're going to have to take drastic measures with this with that detective. But right now, we've got bigger problems. Our friends are on the street making some seriously unhappy noises about this vigilante. Mayor Noon. For Christ's sakes, Gillian. Things are slipping into chaos. What's going on around here? Lobe. I don't know exactly. For now, our boys on the force have our our boys on the force are keeping our associates calm. But I like to meet face to face. Let them air out their concerns. Do a little damage control. Mayor Noon smiles. Sounds like you're talking about one of your parties. Lobe, yeah. I talked to Estrada. He'll bring some girls. Mayor Noon. All the girls are so prissy. Loeb. Don't worry. I know it. I know you like them more. Um. Aggressive. Well, aggressive. We'll find you a party favor. I'll see it to it myself. By the way, here, Loeb tosses a yellow envelope, like the one Flash tried to give Gordon, only fatter at the mayor. Loeb, the precinct guys wanted to give you this. The mayor flips through it, smiles. We pan out to the window. Exterior, Gotham Justice Building, moments later. A large gargoyle sits hunched over the granted facade of the Justice Building. Wrapping his cape, wrapped in his cape, Batman remains unmoving in the cold, pouring rain. Pigeons walk around the ledge next to him, cooing, pecking at the bird excrements. Smog fallout, a wire along the ledge leading to the small content microphone attached to the window. Batman grins to himself. Oh boy, we've been invited to a party. He reels in his contact mic. Then we'll finish the rest tomorrow. <laughs> so, sorry, not tomorrow. Um, we'll be back Monday. Um, tomorrow is course. Friday and Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we we are going to do the show Friday. Um, kind of busy that day. <laughs> um, so anyway, we'll be back Monday to do the rest of the script. Um, you're amazing. Thank you, love. Um, so...
So we'll do the rest of Monday. Um, the Monday part, of course, it will kick off with Harvey Dent's office in the morning. I mean, Gordon, him talking and stuff. And it's kind of how it's going to kick off our Monday's show. Um, I think by... Yeah, I think, yeah, Monday, so... Hopefully the other stuff will come in that I ordered, like the Batman Curse of the White Knight and stuff, and I could flip through that book and talk about it a bit. Um, so, anyway, I enjoyed the part, I enjoyed the one part where the Joker sort of makes a cameo, but it's, you don't know if it, it is him, but you kind of know it is. <laughs> And stuff. Um, I sort of dig that. I, I I wish they would do that with a lot of films, like you know, involving Batman, sort of reference characters and stuff. I would I would love to see that. I would love to see you know references to like Joker and stuff like. And I mean, like my idea, like if I would write a Batman story where the Joker's not in it, I sort of would write it him write him as a myth, an urban legend, like, you don't know if he's real, you know, like, and stuff, and, of course, you know, my idea would be, like, incorporate the three Jokers, which, I'm still waiting for that book, <laughs> I'm still waiting, um, fucking pandemic pushed it back, <laughs> you know, um, it took, like, what, five years in a fucking pandemic to push that book back. <laughs> so, I mean, like, for me, I, that's how I would write, the, you know, the Batman films would be like, you know, there's three Jokers, but, you know, there isn't one, but there's three, like. And, you know, I mean, for the reason I would, I would want to see that, like, in the Batman movie is that, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is, like, the OG Joker, but you have two new ones showing up and stuff um I mean I know like now they're trying to like what I've what I've heard is like they're trying to incorporate the Robert Pattinson Batman into the DCEU and stuff um I'm not particularly in favor of that I feel like they should just I mean I'm kind of in favor of it where you know you could keep Henry Cavill's Superman around cause now like Recently, with the news of uh, them shit canning the Supergirl movie, which they should they should never done the idea from the beginning. Um, you know, you should keep like Henry Cavill's Superman around, just age him up a bit more, like make him an older Superman. You know, like he has a son. You know, he has. You know, him and Lois are married. They have kids. Like, You know, I mean, this whole idea of, like, you know, we should reboot new Superman, it's like, Henry Cavill really didn't do much as Superman. You're throwing him in the same boat with uh, Brandon Routh, where you had to, like, wait years later for Brandon Routh to finally show that he could do more with Superman. You know, now he's, like, done with Superman stuff. You know. So here's what, um... The rumor is the Supergirl movie was going to be was announced back in 2018. Soft reboot 
for Superman not moving forward. It's reported that the Supergirl movie would have been made in a period piece set in the 1970s with teen angst Kara Zor- uh, Zorel, and possibly involving Brainiac. Exactly what it would be as a soft re- will be as a soft reboot. Rebooted Superman is unclear, but we have been led to the question that Zack Snyder's Man of Steel in the DCEU is obviously in question. Where is Supergirl? Why didn't Kara help her cousin? Why didn't Kara help the Justice League? Yeah, there have been a lot of questions. <laughs> and the Supergirl movie would be somehow a rebooted Superman and possibly the DCEU explaining things. But again, it's said that it's not happening, which sounds like a good thing. Henry Calvo would be back as Superman thanks to fans and Dwayne Johnson regarding the Superman uh, Henry Cavill's return as Superman. Rumors suggested Warner Brothers is listening to the fans have been who have been asking for Cavill to return as Superman for a couple years. Not to mention it is known that Dwayne Johnson wants Cavill back as Superman. Johnson has his production team basically managed Henry Cavill. Johnson's former wife and business partner, co founder of Seven Bucks Production Company. Includes credit as producing credit as Shazam and the Black Adam. Danny Garcia manages Henry Cavill. It could be possible that Johnson gave WB an ultimatum: either bring back Henry Cavill as Superman for the future Black Adam and potentially the Superman sequel, solo Superman films, or Johnson is out of the DCEU, along with Cavill, who would both be headed to Marvel. Something that WB would be dead set against happening. Cavill is not giving up the Superman role. Cavill has said that he would return as Superman role for more than one occasion. Recently, he spoke to Men's Health magazine and said he's not giving up the role. And as the rumor points out, Cavill told Total Film that he had enough time to do at least two projects a year. Cavill so Cavill would do something like The Witcher, then another Superman movie. And he just finished the uh, the Sherlock Holmes role. I kind of want to see him back as Superman. I, you know. And of course, J.J. Abrams and his Angry Robot Productions doing the Justice League Dark. And previously announced that Greg Berlanti and Jeff Johns would be taking on the Green Lantern. Which I still think they should do is uh, do a Green Lantern movie, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah. I think that, honestly, um, Calville should do another Superman. I think they should just do what they did with Rebirth. Like, give Superman... A family, you know, him and Lois married. They have a, a son, not two sons, just one son. So, <laughs> anyway, that's my thoughts of it. Um, anyway, we'll be back Monday, and uh, hope you all have a great Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So, see y'all Monday. <laughs>